Hey everybody, time for another Code Pen Radio 380, and I have Marie back in the podcast saddle. Hey Marie. Hey everybody. Hey, you know, you know, Marie is our uh, you know resident data analyst in a way. Somebody somebody bought Table Plus for Marie at one point. It's been all uphill since <laughs> since then. Which yeah. is a great it's a great little great little software product. Connects to our you know, a lot of us devs use it for our local dev environment to just to just peek in the database. We use uh, Postgres now and we can just we can just see what's going on in our local Postgres. You just have to poke into the database sometimes. By sometimes I mean Every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> yes, reason. every yeah. single day. <laughs> Once um, you pop, but, you can't stop when it comes to yeah. Table Plus. <laughs> but it also can connect to our production database if you want it to. It can connect to staging stuff. And we have a thing called the read-only database, which is just a, I, I think it's like a full-on you know, unfortunate term slave of our master that's literally read-only for reporting and other reasons. I think, you know, you always keep mm-hmm. a hot DB in case your main DB dorks up. There's various reasons to do all this. Um, but literally, it's also safe to just, yes, you know, yeah. use for various reasons. It can't be touched. And you can and you can just hammer it with some weird-ass query. And who cares? It's not the fraud one anyway, you know? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can, although, you know, for your own pride, uh, it's not great yeah. <laughs> to yeah. have a, a query run forever. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's it's read-only, so there's nothing that can, can be done to prod. And it's also, you know, it's, it's a... Yeah, like you said, you could just run something forever on it. It's also not far behind. Like I think it's only a few minutes behind. Minutes, so it's not maybe, like we're working even. with Yeah, it's some it's some very brief interval in between prod and the actual uh read only. So yeah, it's some exotic AWS setup that handles all that. Cool. Yeah. So it's never behind. It's just, you know, safer. So yeah, that's where I spend my time. I don't I don't write. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird though how not different it is. I have my I, this is not where we're going with this podcast. We intend to talk about uh, uh, library usage of JavaScript stuff, so we'll get there in a minute. But it's it's like it's like not any different to, to connect and manipulate production. I mean, it's different in as far as permissions and DevOps and like internal stuff. But like those queries you write that get and manipulate stuff. They can. Yeah. There's no difference between them and the production ones. Yeah, it's almost like a like a simulation of what could happen on prod. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, you're like enders. You're like battering, battling the bugs without even knowing it. Whoa, weird. Um, the, <laughs> don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's just a. I don't. And nobody does. It's okay. <laughs> Let's talk about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> in 2015, well, we still were talking about databases, for one thing. Yeah. Th- we split a table. We have this very massive table called pens, which is where all pens are, distinct from projects and whatnot. But sometimes we, and for, for reasons that are a little bit above my, you know, database admin pay grade, we, like, split stuff off into tables and I think, you know, way back when it was probably like, yeah, this is probably what we should have done. But there is a separate table, not the pens table. It's called 
resources. Mm -hmm. And what this is, is it's, it's tied to a specific feature of CodePen. You can, in a pen we're talking about specifically, you can open up the settings and say, and put a URL in there that points out to a JavaScript file. And CSS has it too. You can do it for CSS and you can do it for JavaScript. And it's just a URL. And then we link it up in the pen when you use it. And the reason it's in settings is because this is a like notorious old code pen thing is you don't see the entire full HTML file in the pen editor. You just see what's in the body. So we just have this little convenience thing that's like, oh, I want to link up Bootstrap or whatever. You get a URL to some CDN hosted copy of Bootstrap. You put it in your settings and then the pen uses it. It's, you know, if that seems weird to you, whatever, it's it's CodePen's <laughs> over 10 years old now. And that's <laughs> that's just, that's how we roll and still roll to this day. So that while well, that data used to be in the pens table in like 2014, we split off resources into its own table. And that, that whole table is just like, what is that URL and what pen is it associated with? You know, mm -hmm. so you, you know, when you're, when you're querying the database, you like join the two things to get them. It must be more efficient or something. That's what I mean. It's above my it's gotta be. pay grade. Yeah. yeah. It smalls up the pens table and it's probably clever. Yeah. And also, I mean, for something like this, where we were interested in library use over time, um, trying to run this query on the pens table, it would not have been successful. It would have, I would have had to break it down by year over year over year, all that type of stuff, just to even get it to run. Uh, so having this smaller table of the resources table makes it much easier to just say, okay, only give me JavaScript libraries and you know, give me the information about the time, which pens they're used in, all that type of stuff. So much more efficient that way. Yeah, so you said it. That's what we're going to talk about, library usage over time. Heck yes. of an intro for all that, but it, we're doing it because <laughs> we have the data. Yeah. So here's the caveats to the data. It started in 2015 and goes up to now. Mm -hmm. And this is people that use that settings option of the pen editor on CodePen. They go in there and they put a URL in there to some external resource that they want. Notably, we help them do that a little bit with type ahead. Yes. So if they type B-O-O, -O, they might get suggested bootstrap, then they put that in there and now they have bootstrap. So when you're analyzing this, you can be like, hmm, what are the most popular URLs in our database? And this is also interesting. They have a created at and updated at column just because it's kind of the nature of a database. So that way we know, like, you know, when was that resource put in there on what year, you know, so we can get a vibe of the popularity of libraries. And I think we're going to focus just on JavaScript, right? No Bootstrap. Well, Bootstrap does have JavaScript, I well, think. Well, Bootstrap actually does, yeah, have a uh, JavaScript component and it's on the top 10. But, uh, oh. but it's, but it's not, you know, it's lower than you'd expect, I think, considering yeah, how CSS, much people actually so do use it. It's huge for CSS, exactly. So this time we are just focusing up on, on JavaScript. And actually, if we were to look at CSS libraries, it would basically just be like bootstrap and a bunch of fonts in terms of what would be up at the top because, you know, CSS is much more, much Maybe more. Maybe we'll do uh, that disparate. at some time. It would be interesting yeah, to like remove it, it from the chart or something and see what else is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. Another thing that just is self-selecting here is this is why this is a kind of a slightly, even though we have a lot of data we're looking at here, it's sliced down to, for example, the JavaScript library needs to work in this way. 
It needs mm-hmm. to have a URL that you can link up as a script tag and have it do the thing that you want it to do. And uh, that seems weird to say, but that's not always the case. There's a lot of libraries that were designed just to be imported as if from NPM and bundled as if a project that's running a bundler. That is a huge slice of the Mm -hmm. JavaScript ecosystem. And while we kind of more recently do sort of kind of quote-unquote support the NPM ecosystem by way of just suggesting that you pull your feature through Skypack, which is now kind of deprecated, by the way. So never fear, there's going to be solutions for you, CodePen users. Don't worry about it. It's not dead yet. It works fine. It will continue to work fine. And then... uh, We'll be kind of replacing it with our own thing. Anyway, getting out of there. This is not looking at that style of import ESM usage of JavaScript libraries at all. We're looking right. at just stuff that you link up as a script tag. Stuff that you would pull in from a CDN. Uh, occasionally, people would have their own copies of these libraries, even, for example, hosted in their in their CodePen assets, things like that. So not to get too far into like how this data was even retrieved but you know i had to really look at urls and break down the the file formats and like what i'm actually looking for like what actually counts as jquery what actually counts as for example something like d3 when you're looking for mm. d3 you got to be really careful because the the two characters d3 can show up in a lot of different urls you know so to parse that all out was a little bit of a journey too but uh so so yeah so this is this is all just from from the external resource settings inside of a pen yep and so you did all this and you data managed munged it and got it all ready so we're prepared to do the top 10 and then we're prepared to do kind of the like the top over like year by year like who's yeah. who who won the year. So how do you want to do it? Well, I mean, we can we can just stop talk about the top 10 all time, which is this is just tallies of every every time the library appeared in a pen. So obviously with things like jQuery and also with like uh, Greensock and things like that, oftentimes a pen will have multiple libraries or multiple pieces of that library linked repeatedly inside the pen. You only get counted once if you've done that, so you know, it doesn't okay. it doesn't inflate the numbers. For example, if someone sometimes you'll see a, a green sock pen that has like a whole bunch of plugins, it's only going to get counted one time for green sock. So the okay. top ten are. Do you want to go in reverse or or? Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's go from the bottom. That'll be fun. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. What's at the very end? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. P five JS. P five JS. Yes. Now that's at the bottom of the list. It's number ten, and it's kind of been trucking along at like one percent of of pens that have an external library for some time now, um, but it appears to be on the rise. It might crack the two percent uh, mark this year, which I think would be pretty interesting. I It's funny because I mentioned a couple episodes back, like last time I was on the show, I mentioned that I thought P5 was, was coming back. Yeah. I had not seen these numbers yet. So, you know, my instincts are good, let me just say. So P5, that's, you know, it's used for a lot of visualization. Creative coding. Yeah, yeah generative art, of, things yeah. like that. So it's having a little bit of a resurgence. It has APIs in it that are like, draw this thing here. Um, interesting. I know yeah. that I remember Coding Train, that like YouTube channel, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Schiffman. Yeah. Used, used P5 like all the time. And I yes. wonder if that helped its popularity or if P5 transcends Sir Daniel Schiffman. I don't yeah, know. I, 
I'm not sure. I do think that a big part of the of the resurgence of it or the increase in interest is probably related to generative art. And I think that's pretty exciting. Um, it's also interesting to see it when you see what is number nine, which is 3JS. Mm, okay. Which is bleh, not similar, I, but it is in that it's it, canvas-based and APIs for drawing stuff. Yeah, they're, they're kind of used by the same groups of people. Like generative artists also use 3JS. Uh, but 3JS is much more for you know, 3D scenes and stuff. Like if you, you'll see in the spark, like uh, entire rooms that you can like move around in or planets that you can examine the entire surface of the planet. Oftentimes those are made in 3JS. Yep. So interesting. Yeah, very, it is very, very popular stuff. And, but they're related in that they have convenience APIs for drawing stuff to the web. I mean, I guess all this stuff kind of does. Okay, yeah. so well, I mean, this, yeah. is all, this is all front end stuff. That's, that's one thing you yeah, can put on. Yeah, and really like designed to be like link up this script, then call these APIs. Like it's tailor made for like uh, I feel like I'm trying to caveat it, and I'm not. But it's interesting in that like not surprising that it's popular on CodePen because CodePen is good at that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Cool. So that was number nine. We're, we're talking about number eight. Yeah, now we're at number eight, and so that's going to be material. Ooh, like material, like. Material design Google's thing? Yes. Yeah, Material oh. JS. Yeah, so that was a surprise. Um, I had not thought of that one at all. <laughs> so that one was kind of a sleeper. Uh, and that one is, keep in mind, we're talking about all time here. So this is from 2015 through to now. It managed to get into eighth place with overall volume of pens. Yeah, yeah. And we are talking, these numbers, I, I think we'll, I guess we'll probably refrain from like exact numbers, but they're freaking, these are very large yeah, numbers. numbers. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you have to realize like there's millions upon millions of pens. Also, one yeah. thing that I looked at, um, which I was curious if maybe this made a difference would be like forked pens versus original pens. Um, yeah, I was wondering if maybe right. like people were more likely to use a library if they were creating a pen ver- on their own versus if they were forking someone else's work, then the differences were actually not meaningful. And I was kind of surprised by that. Like it's, oh, so you just in, nuked ter- it? in terms of percentage. Yeah. It just wasn't, it, it would have scooted a couple things around like a tiny bit. Like it just wasn't interesting. So I just hmm. went with the overall numbers here, which I was surprised by. I thought we'd see a difference. Yeah, I think it's interesting to keep them in there. Cause if you're compelled by a library and you fork somebody's P5 pen, like that says something, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I, I think when we're talking about actual popularity, we do want to count in forked pens because that means someone said this pen is cool. They might not yeah. necessarily say to themselves, this pen is cool because of this library, but they do think the pen is cool. And so they fork it. Yes. And material is a very wild card on here to me. I like, I know that it's popular. It yes. just was surprising to me to, to see it that high and it has little stuff in it like you know you click the button and then like a ripple emanates from the exact point at which you clicked on the button to me that's like the quintessential like material design Mm -hmm. look and i'm sure you got that kind of stuff for free with the javascript library yeah definitely and that is that's definitely the tell like anytime i click a button that does that i'm like oh material you know but it is one of those things that almost fades into the background because i think it's so common and actually kind of so well understood that you don't even think about it. It doesn't stick out in your mind. So yeah, I was excited and kind of surprised to see that one turn up on the list. Yep. So now All we're right. at, what are we at? Number out seven material. Now, right? Yeah. Yeah. D3. D3. Driven documents. Just a powerhouse really in the world of like 
um, data visualization, I guess. Yep. There's yes. probably people in the world whose whole job is 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 just you know mastery of D3. I know there's whole courses, there's university mm-hmm. courses. It's like a a massive thing, and yeah, very much designed to just be like. I don't know to to help you build these things in such a low it's it's fairly low level API. If you go to the D three homepage, it's like here's a here's a world map, here's a Venn diagram, here's a trippy spiral. You know, here's mm-hmm. some you know a really simple bar chart. It doesn't care necessarily what what specifically you're doing with it. It has a very broad set of how much it helps you, which I think you know helps its popularity in a way. You can do anything with it, you know. Yeah. There's libraries built on top of D3. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And it's it's a really it's really fascinating and it's kind of another one that flies a little bit under the radar. Uh it's not we don't have it come up a ton in the picks, but lots of people work with it kind of behind the scenes, you know. There's uh, there's lots yeah, of pro members yeah, using yeah. it. There's lots of people using it for work for really work related things. And so, uh it's it's really interesting to see it actually to place as high as it did was a surprise. Yeah. Super cool. Three libraries there and in the t- in you know P5 canvas drawing low level API. 3JS canvas drawing low level API but with 3D in mind. D3 mm-hmm. canvas drawing API helpers but specifically for data viz. So interesting to see those libraries, you know, yeah. making up all in the top 10. This episode of CodePen Radio is brought to you in part by another podcast. The podcast is called Whiskey, Web, and Whatnot. You should subscribe to it. I already subscribed to it. I've listened to a bunch of them. I've been on the show, so you can listen to one with me. Really a lighthearted, fun, tech-ish podcast. They talk about whiskey, of course. That's the first word in the title of the podcast. They literally ship the guests a whiskey. They talk about it. These guys know what they're talking about with the whiskey. Ends up uh, really adding to the lighthearted spirit of the show. Really enjoyable stuff. Um, the two hosts, Robbie Wagner and Chuck Carpenter, they have a lot of experience in the industry. They build lots of stuff for clients. They come at it with lots of different technologies of very interesting and storied careers of their own in tech. And they're just, they're still interested in it. They, st- they have their strong opinions that are informed by a whole career of working in tech. So lighthearted really good stuff. And they have lots of different guests from all areas of of web development. They've had Tom Preston Warner on and Kent Dodds and Charlie Jarrett and uh, Wes Boss and me, for example, talk about all kinds of, uh, of different stuff. Anyway, I'll just leave it at that. Go look up web whiskey and whatnot dot FM is the thing or click the link from the show notes and just give it a listen. Give it a subscribe. It's a good show. You'll like it. Bye bye. Right above it is is Bootstrap. So you're right. Bootstrap, Bootstrap makes, yes, it a, makes an there. appearance in the top ten, and it's like, oh, I'm using I'm using the the CSS for Bootstrap, and but I want the modal to work, or I want the tabs mm-hmm. to actually change tabs, or or whatever. You just include the Bootstrap JavaScript, and then those things automatically become functional. I think it's like if you use these tags or these class names, the JavaScript just kicks into place. Yeah. So and I mean, Bootstrap sense. is just such a, such a workhorse. I mean, people use Bootstrap all the time. It is a very, right. very powerful library. So it makes sense to see it where, where it lands here on the list. It should almost, you know, we should have 
almost done like way back in the past of like if you added the css we should have popped something up or something want to add the javascript too (laughs) i feel like there was a thing about that back in the old days where it was like i wish i could remember what the problem was there was some kind of thing with how we recommended yeah how we recommended bootstrap but I'm talking, I mean, this is like 2016 or something. So that's ancient history. Yeah. Now. Uh, well. We did have to jump through <laughs> hoops many times in CodePen's history to make sure that Bootstrap was was doing the right thing. Like there was a moment at which like a, a beta of a new version came out and it started kind of suggesting that by default. That's what it was. And people yes. were like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's too soon. Yeah, there Show was a the version jump, like a weird version jump from our CDN. Yeah, I do remember that. But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's how you know a library is huge when when you hear a lot about it in support and a little change goes out and it's and it brings up a lot of tickets. That means tons of people rely on it. And so Bootstrap is is absolutely just like a a beast. <laughs> it's huge. It's a beast. Yeah. It's interesting to be on the library of of a library that you then don't really use. You just mm-hmm. include it only. I think that may be the yeah. only one on this list that's like that, where you just yeah, you're right. It's just there. Yeah, and like we were saying at the top of the show, if we were to look at the CSS externals, I'm positive that'd be number one. Although, okay, well, I'm like mostly positive that it would be number one based on what I saw preliminary stuff when I was looking at just resources in general. It came up pretty high. So the next one is a real interesting one: GreenSock GSAP, the GreenSock animation mm-hmm. platform, right? Um, so G, yeah, sometimes you call it green sock. Sometimes you call it GSAP. It was called tween. The thing that was coming up the most in the early days was tween max, which has been rolled into, uh, GSAP three. So that's, that's part of the whole thing now. Right. I think that was the library that was like, this is, this is just everything. So just mm-hmm. use this if you just want it all. And I think there was like tween light or something that was the, the version that just didn't have as many bells and whistles or something. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a big one. And that one is on the rise. And we'll talk a little bit more about ones that are on the rise. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't done that very much, but feel free to get into it. Yeah, it's it's always been in the four-ish percent range. Sometimes it would go, you know, a little bit higher. Um, but it was like from 2018 forward, it started to really climb where it's like it would go, it was like 5%. And now in this year, keeping in mind that we're only halfway through the year, it's in 8% of the pens that have a JavaScript library. So that's a that's a pretty big climb, you know. Oh, you if consider, you have a library. Okay. It's not all yeah, pens, if you, but it's like if somebody chooses pens, a no. library. Yeah. Yes, if it has a JavaScript library. And that's that's everything here is all all we're talking about here is pens that include a JavaScript library. There are tons and tons of pens that have nothing at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. So on the rise, very consistently from 2018. GSAP was absolutely around and fairly big and popular then. Yeah. It was, yeah. I, I I think that the new uh, releases that they've had more recently have increased their popularity. Uh, and hmm. I think they're putting more work into getting the library out there. Yeah, interesting. I think that's true. And I think that they're, they're, they, while they have modernized a lot and you can absolutely use, I just did it yesterday, I think, imported GSAP into a, into a project I was doing, like a side thing that wanted to use it just kind of like the it with a bundler and the I just wanted to import GSAP from GSAP like you would anything else from NPM. And it worked great. It was perfectly fine for that. People can 
still do think of it as just like a kind of old school, just link it up as a script tag and use it kind of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, yeah, that and obviously CodePen does that exceptionally well. And I don't know, maybe that just hangs on. So it's both modern and and whatever. And so I don't know what, what I'm trying to say is it's just I guess it's popularity doesn't surprise me knowing that they work so hard on it. And yes, yeah, it keeps getting cooler. I think that their community as it grows just becomes more just a higher profile, you know, and, and also we, we have a pretty good relationship with them. Like CodePen has a good relationship with them. They also, um, have their plugin library available through CodePen. So you can, you can try stuff on CodePen that is actually part of their paid suite. So I think that that's just kind of part of the reason it's growing, but I, I mean, it's, it just keeps getting cooler. Like every, every year, every time they release something, it just keeps getting cooler. So I'm not surprised to see it on the rise. I actually thought I would see it a little bit higher up on the list, but it's in a good spot there. Number five. Yeah, it might be certainly rising, but the the competition yes. it's up against is not, to me, not terribly surprising. Yeah, it's, it's ferocious competition up top here, yeah. Yeah. So beating it is Angular, which is interesting to me, especially because yes. it, it just had some big early years, I think. Because uh-huh. The yes. only version of Angular that works on CodePen is Angular 1. That's how it was designed. It was designed to be linked up as a scrim tag, and you just use it. Then from 2 onwards, and what are we at, 13 or 14 or something, something of Angular like now? Yeah. is um, It's just very different. It's very matured. It's a just a very opinionated build process, file system, everything. It's just a very, very, very different thing than Angular 1 ever was. It's almost like two different, they shouldn't even share the same name practically. So weird to see it at number four, but it shows that it's kind of a sleeper library still, you know, yeah. I mean, Google well, makes it, it. so. And it had a very big year in 2016. It was, it was real high up there in 2016 of all years. And then after that, it's actually been, been on a decline. But just those couple of years, you know, the first, or the, I'm sorry, the last half of 2015 and then 2016 and some of 2017 accounted for its position at number four on the overall list. So tons of pens were getting made with that in those earlier yeah. years. So it's 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 one that we've that we've kind of hoped we could support in a better way. And and just it just we just never synced up with it right. But it's interesting to see it come in that high when we're talking about all timers. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at this more clearly, they call it because I was just like, let me just, I want to see what the what version it's at. I was just going to Google real quick, AngularJS. And I put the JS on there, thinking, mm-hmm. oh, isn't it just called AngularJS? Not to modern Angular people, I don't think. When you say AngularJS, I think what is implied is that that's the 1.0 branch of, of it. And if you go yeah. to AngularJS.org, it shows you a script tag you know, CDN, you are hosted version of how Angular works, which still works fine. So I I wonder if there's still like, you know, kind of happy users of that really basic old school Angular. And then just the thing Angular without the JS on the end of it, that implies the new, you know, the new fancy, you know, more Mm. of a meta framework situation. Yeah. So if you say Angular JS, it means, it means the... (laughs) It's code the old pen. time stuff. Yeah, the code, code pen one. friendly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of libraries that were designed um, clearly to be used in the browser, I remember talking to to Evan Yu on Shop Talk Show about about Vue and how it was very much part of the design decision of Vue all along. That sure, you know, you can use it with the bundler, and of course, he goes on to create Vite and all that's popularity, which is absolutely 
big part of the the bundler world today. But Vue itself, to this day, even Vue three, can be used just as a script tag right in the browser. Very code pen friendly and and friendly for sites that want no build process whatsoever. Vue mm-hmm. comes in at number three. Yes, and its its uh, biggest year was actually twenty twenty. And after that, we added in the view editor, which created a situation where we actually can't tally it as a resource. So I think yeah. potentially, you know, if we if we the had only another reason it went down it, is because <laughs> I'm I'm positive that we, because the separated pen the pens in the separate view editor are their own whole world, and so that's something we could drill into a little bit more closely if we felt like it. But it still placed that number three, and you know, not to giveaway numbers or anything but it wasn't gonna be close (laughs) to number two and number one which are massive so we'll get into those oh is that oh yeah i see the the charts leave it a lot of room between the bottom (laughs) yeah i'm i i would i won't i mean we've said their name i think in the show already so i don't think there's a huge surprise um what number two and number one are going to be especially after you hear their names what's number two number two is react and that has been in second place every year since 2017 when actually it took the second place away from Angular. And I mean, you know, some of that's based on like when libraries came out and stuff. But yeah, that's when they they crossed the line and overtook Angular and became number two, React. Yeah, very super popular. High up mm-hmm. line there, especially, I don't know. I don't know what I mean especially by, but not a big surprise except for that. To me, React always, it, it does work as a script tag. But it's not, I don't know. You know, and I feel weird even saying it because we, until recently, there was a lot of um, links to CodePen examples in the React docs. I think since Mm -hmm. they've redone them, they've kind of gone a different way with some things. Just fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, which is kind of proving proving against what I'm about to say, but it doesn't, React doesn't seem super designed to be used in that way. Like it just, can be and it's nice for little demos and stuff and thank gosh because people like to do that on CodePen. Mm-hmm. i do that i think it's useful in that way but the core usage of react like the library itself doesn't beg for that kind of usage i think it's meant to be bundled but whatever it's still extremely super popular and the yes. fact now that you can you can copy and paste an example where at the top of that example, it says import React from React because it's assuming that you're using a bundler and you're pulling React from NPM. CodePen will suggest to you, hey, you should pull React from Skypack and we'll even just replace that. We'll just do it for you. I think that's a big deal. And the fact that then you can write in JSX too because all you got to do is flip on Babel in CodePen. Then the way that you're writing React on CodePen feels pretty much identical to how you'd write React anywhere else. And I think that really helps CodePen's usage of React. Like that's, if, if we didn't do as much as, you know, if we didn't make that possible on CodePen, it would be way further down, I think. Because people mm-hmm. would just be frustrated that they couldn't use React. And React is freaking huge. Yes, it so. is. Absolutely. No question about it. But not as huge as number one. <laughs> no. No. Which is which is freaking funny. And it adds it to is. The, the industry-wide conversation about this library, which is jQuery. Yes. Dominant, jQuery. right? Yeah, it is. And that's, I think, in a couple ways, it makes it completely makes sense to me. I mean, especially when you consider uh, in the early days of CodePen, I think most of the time when people were trying a JavaScript library, it was going to be 
jQuery. I mean, it was in the very, very early days of CodePen. But then, you know, over time, people just use it. Like it's it's not maybe the the cool thing anymore or, you know, it's it's there's certainly other things that you can do besides use jQuery. I think mm. in a lot of cases, the things that it does uh, or that it was mostly used for, you can already do them now in CSS. There's ways to handle it in CSS or even like vanilla JavaScript things became available in the browser and then you don't necessarily need what jQuery was doing, which was like to smooth out all those rough edges of the browsers, you know? Right, so, right. There's almost nothing. Like, I don't think there's almost anything left in jQuery that the browser didn't just <laughs> steal in some way right, or another. Exactly. So, so that just tells you, I mean, that tells you how innovative jQuery was. I'm, I'm always, every time it comes up on the show, I'm always like, oh, jQuery was great because it was. And, you know, it still is clearly when we see how much people are still using it. But um, it's still in number one. It's yeah, still cool. number one. That's the thing. It is still number one. But again, like we were saying, we're only looking at things that are linked externally, like as an external resource in the settings. So um, it also is moving downward, and I think it will be overtaken, um, but not yet. <laughs> not yet. Yeah, most of these are moving downward, except uh-huh. Green well, Sock. <laughs> yeah, that one's up. Well, that's the thing. We do have a couple that are on the rise. But um, part of what's happening also, not just that libraries are being overtaken or, you know, swapping places with each other or anything like that, um, the use of external libraries is going down just generally. So we're kind of, I think in a way, we're sort of looking at uh, a history here more than a prediction for the future, you know? Right, right, right. Um, also, because, you know, in, in the future, things will work differently on CodePen, too. So so this this kind of feels like, to me, we're, this episode right now will be like kind of like a time capsule, you know, that shows how things stood right now and a look into the past, which I, I think is, is valuable because we come a long way as front-end developers. And we have all these new things available to us, but some of these old school things, you know, Bootstrap, jQuery, they're still with us. We're still using them and they still show up in day-to-day work. Yep. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I'm going to remember this too. There's there's one, there's a thing that comes up pretty regularly as like a general industry conversation kind of thing that's about... Because, you know, this kind of jQuery versus React or framing of the two and how to compare and how to think about them because they're so wildly different has existed since <laughs> since they both were on the map at all in yeah. developers' minds because they're just so different in their approach to literally everything. That, you know, you can, you, you can compare them in some ways. You can't compare them in other ways. And now we're at this spot in the industry where... React is so dominant, especially when you look at it from particular aspects like I'm looking for a job. What are the chances that the job posting for a front-end developer says React in it is really weirdly high. You know, Mm -hmm. like most jobs are going to say it in some way, you know. And the chances of jQuery being in there is really low. You know, nobody's hiring a jQuery expert kind of thing. And you're like, well, that's that's a one that's one interesting framing, but it's a framing that really matters to people because it's one of those like putting you know food on the dinner table kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, let's look at how much people talk about one or the other. You oh, don't yeah. see a lot of blog <laughs> posts about jQuery anymore, where you still see no. plenty of React stuff. Although, is it? diminishing a little bit it just may be you know so what's happening there then there's another one like let's say not you didn't weren't just looking at code pen data but we're looking at really generic data of like html documents across the internet if you mm-hmm. do that jquery is still just 
trouncing React. Yes. Yeah, as far of course. as usage, right? But that's yeah. a complicated one because it's like it ships with WordPress and WordPress uh-huh. is so weirdly dominant. So like how many people are actively like writing jQuery on those websites? Whereas right. if React is on a website, it's like actively being constructed by the developers that are building that site. It's not just present on the site. Yeah, like it it's might not be, just gonna it's not just gonna float along with it. You know, that's that and you're right, exactly. Like it'll be in in a WordPress install or lots of other you know, site builders tend to have but it. But now I in. question it because I'm like, look at how many people are. There are no defaults on CodePen. There's no, we don't guide you to any particular no. template. Yeah. You, if you want jQuery, you have to freaking pick it. And to still see it being this popular in a way that pe- like actual human being web developers start a pen and then go choose jQuery very on purpose is still mm-hmm. very high. So to say that jQuery is like absolutely not being written, it's a forgot about thing, it's only popular on websites because it's a ride along, etc. Like I start to question that a little bit. I think there is a lot yeah. of active jQuery development. I th- it, there must be. There has to be. <laughs> These numbers tell us that it's happening still, you know. So I, I do think that a lot of the time when you respond to a survey, you respond to a survey when you're talking about like the thing that you think is cool, you know, like a, you know, a survey that that gathers up, oh, what are people working with these days, you know, things like that. Um, you're going to say what you want to be known for doing. (laughs) Mm, And it's like, if you're, if you're wiring up shopping cart buttons with jQuery all day, you're probably not, you know, talking about it a ton on social media or talking about it, but it'll just be what you're doing. And so perhaps it's not as glamorous as it used to be, but it's clearly in use. And that's, that's what I found. I found interesting from this, uh, exploration and you know i'd like to i'd like to dig in further i'd like to find ways to parse the data that's inside of these code panels and give us a, an even better view into what's really happening i don't know if i'm going to tell you all about that <laughs> audience <laughs> not i'll tell you chris we work mm-hmm. together but you know what i mean okay. yeah but, <laughs> but uh just you know that type of information i think is going to be really interesting to have in the future but yeah behavior versus what you talk about very often two different things yeah and this is yeah nothing worse than self-reported data and that's not what this (laughs) is so yeah (laughs) yeah no this is just raw straight out of the straight out of the table you know this is just what's really happening on codepen and i think that's been real real interesting to take a look at and you know jquery it rules it still rules Congratulations (laughs) to the jQuery team. You guys still rule. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, bring back jQuery conf. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. Thanks, Marie, for all the data. We'll put some, uh, we'll put whatever we can in the the show notes. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya. Seven, six, zero, three, one, eight.